Hey, freaks, it's Phil, and we've got Chief Meteorologist McCall Vrydags from WHIO-TV in Dayton, Ohio. What I did that night is they said the tone in my voice was what made them take it seriously, that they knew that this was different from any other night. Um, if you had watched the coverage live, then you saw there was a moment in time where I actually broke down and... Um, started to cry for a couple of seconds and they went to the anchor because I needed a moment to compose myself. And we're sharing our hashtag weatherfools, WX resources, and letting weather trollbot 5000 loose on some more trolls. It's all coming up on this episode of Stormfront Freaks. Going green. Greenage. Saddle now. You got it, boss. Hey, welcome everybody uh, to the most entertaining weather podcast. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. I uh, want to shout out to our special uh, Patreon members for supporting the show. Uh, we've also got, want to share with you, Curtis and Jackson have both uh, just qualified for their exclusive Stormfront Freaks tornado logo diagram t-shirt. If you haven't seen this, this is pretty sweet because it, it looks like something you'd see in a textbook, but it uses our... Uh, Stormfront Freaks logo, the tornado logo, and then uh, they've expanded it to show, you know, the supercell and the inflow and all that cool stuff. Uh, but w- that's only available to our Patreon members at the EF5 merch and more level. Uh, so a chance for us to to provide some merch for them as well. But that's on the way for those guys. You two can join us live during our video recording and get in on all the extras at patreon.com slash stormfront Freaks, and, and I'll say this, you've likely also heard the new addition to our podcast network, uh, El Ninos, right? The uh, Tornado Hunters podcast is now in our podcast feed, so you'll be entertained every week with some fun uh, weather storm content, and, and Greg's back on tonight. Greg, I just want to ask you a little bit, episode two was just released. Uh, tell us uh, who your guest was and, and a little bit about the fun of that show. Yeah, just to give you a sense of um, how we're approaching weather with El Ninos is we had Chris Bukowski from Bachelor Nation on as our guest. And uh, Chris is, yeah, Chris is the uh, member of, of the Bachelor community that's been on the most episodes ever. And he came on. We talked weather. We talked a little bit about some cryptocurrency. We told some fun tornado stories, and we invited him to go storm chasing with us. But, Phil, i got to tell you, I'm so excited because we've got some cool guests coming up. I've got Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Yeah, Tommy Chong's on in May. I've got this guy named Alex Zerby from Seattle who is a two-time Guinness World Record holder. He's a, a prop comic. He's been on America's Got Talent, uh, last comic standing, wow. so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, check it out. It come, if you subscribe to Stormfront Freaks Podcast Network, you're going to get El Nino's in your inbox on whatever podcast app you're using <laughs> anyway. So just just s- subscribe. And McCall, we're really hoping you subscribe too, just so we get oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to we want to get that you know that uh, celebrity factor, which we really lack here on Stormfront Freaks. <laughs> you know, we just don't have that. Brady, I'm looking at you on that one. Go ahead. You know, <laughs> people it's, do. I'll tell you what. 
it's it, it is a great show greg you guys are doing some fun stuff with that and uh, it's great to listen to so yeah check that out uh it's always happy hour every time we record here at stormfront freaks and and what i mean by that is the best way for us to introduce ourselves and to find out who's here tonight is to go around the horn find out what everybody's drinking because it sets up the fact that uh we're a weather podcast but we like to have fun have a good time we we uh we we our secondary goal is to try and educate a little bit uh, mm-hmm. about weather, but but that's not our primary goal, right? Where our primary goal is really be entertaining, have a lot of fun. So let's see who is here tonight. Greg, I'll, I'll start with you. Actually, I'm going to end with you. I'm going to go to Brady first. Uh, Brady um, Brady Harris over in Columbus. What what are you drinking tonight, buddy? You know, tonight I got a nice, nice big tall boy. Uh, this Ooh. is a Kolsch <laughs> from a uh, nice. place called Gamut. So it's, uh, mm, I don't nice. know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it sure tastes good. I don't know. I've Love seen it. you with a beer in a long time, so that's pretty yeah. cool. All right, Serena up in New Hampshire. What are you drinking tonight, Serena? We've got snow in the forecast. It's starting tonight, and when it snows, <laughs> I drink stouts. So I have a yeah. barrel-aged stout this evening. Mm, God, mm. April snow. No. April snow. That's <laughs> creepy. All right, Jennifer uh, is down in Atlanta. Jennifer, what are you drinking tonight, Jen? I'm actually in D.C. this evening. No kidding. Oh, that's why the background's different. Yeah, that's why the background is different. I've got, like, it's a whole fun gaming Oh, you're, you're, at, you're at your boyfriend's place, aren't you? <laughs> I am at my boyfriend's Yeah, <laughs> okay. Good times. Good times. <laughs> Great times. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still drinking hot chocolate. So, okay. um, but yeah, I had tequila last night. So, yeah, no one believes you anymore about that stuff. <laughs> All right, MJ up in Minnesota. What are you drinking? All right, I got a cheers mug full of uh, Nordeast, my uh, my favorite grain belt. Last one in the fridge. Oh, nice. oh god nice. restock is is that an annual beer that you can restock or is that oh, a yeah. seasonal you can get it okay. anytime. <clears throat> all right all right greg so i will finish with you up in canada what well, are you drinking I, this evening i'm drinking uh, again one of my own concoctions i actually call this the first dose and uh <laughs> all of the ingredients in this drink uh, there's several different types of liquor i measured them all out in a syringe on monday when i got my uh first <laughs> dose of the pfizer vaccine go. and that's where i got the inspiration for tonight's drink very nice nice. nice so are you also drinking that via a syringe uh, in your arm or is that <laughs> no, no i'm not down the gullet not, it, okay no it's an iv <laughs> Okay. I don't think you can do that. It sounds dangerous. And live. Pro- probably not. All right. Well, let, the, the whole reason most people are here is not for any of us. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to Serena to uh, go ahead and introduce our guest tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So tonight we've got McCall Vrydegs joining us. She was named the chief meteorologist at Dayton, Ohio's WHIO-TV in November of 2018. And since 2012, she's covered a variety of weather events in the Miami Valley, including the 100-year flood on I-70 in 2014 and the tornado outbreak of 2016. Most notably on Memorial Day of 2019, she tracked 15 tornadoes for nearly four hours as they ripped across the Miami Valley, including three EF3 tornadoes and one devastating EF4. So Vrydegs earned her bachelor's degree in meteorology from SUNY Oswego. And so the first question I have is, Tell me about how much you love snow going to SUNY Oswego. (laughs) That's a funny story because uh, if you were to ask my mother, she would be surprised that that's the school I chose because of how much I despise snow. Um, Whenever it snowed when I was younger, I would be outside for five minutes and would be pounding on the door to get back inside. So I actually chose SUNY Oswego for multiple reasons. Um, One, it was a state school and I grew up in New York, so the expense of going there was a lot 
cheaper too. Um, it was close to home and SUNY Oswego had a great meteorology program. And three, I grew up watching Al Roker and that is his alma mater. So it was kind of all steering me there. And then once I got there, I was like, yes, I definitely hate snow, but it's a, a different kind of snow up there. <laughs> oh, it totally is. It was so funny as I was doing some, you know, background digging and research, trying to, you know, just learn a little bit more about you. And it was funny seeing sort of that snow story. And especially with, <laughs> you know, when people hear this, it'll be a few days later. So I can't wait to hear what we end up with up here for snow. Mm. But yeah, since that's mm -hmm. focused for me, I thought it was quite funny. So that's awesome. Yeah. McCall, I have to ask, where are you from in New York? Um, I grew up about 60 miles north of New York City, so it's considered the Hudson Valley. Um, I went to Goshen High School, and uh, West Point is about 20 miles or 20 minutes from where I grew up. So Nice. Awesome. Well, I was going to say I grew up in Rochester, New York, and okay. if we had stayed there in school, I would have gone to Sonia Oswego as well. My so. I love it's that a school. great area up there. My um, sister went to school there after I went. She's a couple years younger than me. She still lives up that way. And I had made a ton of friends from the Rochester, Buffalo area. My sister-in-law actually lives in Buffalo right now. Oh, nice. I love yeah. that. So I have to know, what is your favorite type of weather since you despise snow? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, most interested in, I love hurricanes. Um, didn't know much about severe weather, the tornadic side until I got here. And then now I have... Uh, a deep passion for severe weather and learning about it. But I would say my my top is I love hurricanes and how long they last and how much they build. I'm actually going to be co-hosting a webinar on April 28th with the American Meteorological Society um, about how climate change is impacting hurricanes. So if anybody is seeing this before then, go ahead and register and we'll talk hurricanes. So I, here's, the, here's the big question I think that needs to be asked. So I'm down in Cincinnati. Um, why did you leave New York for Dayton, <laughs> Ohio? Please hey, Dayton's cool. inspire us all. Dayton is cool. Okay. So, you know, the nature of the TV business is not easy. And um, I wound up taking the long road to getting to where I am. When I graduated college, I um, didn't have a lot of TV experience and I got a job in Newburgh, New York, working for a local radio station. It was an AM station, and they owned a daily or a weekly newspaper. And so my thing was to, you know, publish, help publish a newspaper, and I could do like 30 seconds of weather every day on the radio station. So that was like my thing. I went to CSB School of Broadcasting to get more uh, camera experience. I got an internship at a place called Fios one news that covered New Jersey and Long Island. Um, and after earning my stripes there, I started to look for what was my next step. But at that point I was engaged. And so I didn't want my husband to give up his career and um, his company is a, a national company. So I kind of started to look places where he might be able to transfer and I could also perhaps get a job. And his job initially was in Columbus and mine in Dayton. So it kind of just it was the best that we could do in that situation. But once I got here, I fell in love with the Miami Valley. It's it's the best. Yeah, I'm not I'm not, you know, trying to throw shade at Dayton, but I, you yeah. know, New York and Dayton, it's it's definitely two different worlds. Oh yeah, my <laughs> my family never understood it and um now every time we go back, my husband and I cuz he's from New York as well, it's just we really like the slower pace and the less angry people here. Yes. Everybody's home is very angry all the time. <laughs> so so Macaul, so Macaul, I see I see you're back in the studio. Um yeah. and I know with 
And I know we, we talked, I think we talked with another meteorologist maybe last year about the whole COVID protocols and working from home. What is that like now? You know, are, are, is there, you know, do you have camera people in there? Is it, is it back to normal or is it still kind of, you know, what are the procedures in, in kind of today's broadcast meteorology studio? So we're kind of in between. Um, we initially, when COVID happened, um, we took those early precautions and then we started having a lot of people working from home and that included myself. Um, and that was an adventure. I had a few um, weather segments at 11 o'clock where my daughter at the age three and four would just be coming in and interrupting. So that <laughs> was wow. a learning curve. Um, but then as we moved on, um, we you know included masks and people have to wear masks and stay socially distant at work. Our cameras have always been robotic. So the only people mm. that are in the studio are the anchor and the meteorologist and whoever's running the prompter. And we're so separated and you know studios are wide open yeah. spaces. So it's quite safe for us. Um, this is kind of actually a unique to our station. Not a lot of stations have an actual office. That's where I'm sitting now in the weather office. So I have my own secluded area uh, that I'm away from everybody else. I have my own little bubble here. So mm -hmm. it's pretty safe. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's been crazy. You know, it sounds like it's getting back to normal, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure probably, you know, a relief to you guys. You can kind of get back to you know, because I, I like, you know, working from home is great, but then you have little things like interruptions and stuff that can get in the way. So, yeah, like a four year old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, McCall, um, this is all really wonderful, but can we talk about tornadoes for a second? Please? I was going to do that yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's, let's talk about some tornadoes. So, tell us uh, about your experience in 2019 with the Memorial Day outbreak. Well, that was a learning curve for sure. So Ohio and the Miami Valley in particular, we have tornadoes here, um, but we don't often have that size of a tornado. You know, historically, we have those big events like the Xenia 1974 instance with the F5 twister. But for the most part, on an annual severe weather season, we're getting spin-up tornadoes, an EF01, maybe a couple of EF2s for the year. So my training... Um, as far as tracking long-lived tornadoes and supercells, uh, the skill level isn't as high as somebody that works down in Tornado Alley. Now, the week before I had that event that hit us in Southwest Ohio, I actually went to a weather conference and learned about being able to see indications of tornado outbreaks to that magnitude. And of course, I walked away from it like, that was interesting, but probably never going to use it. <laughs> Fast forward. And the day that the outbreak happened, which was Memorial Day, um, I started noticing some of those things that I had learned a few weeks before and was starting to get really nervous, um, was talking to, you know, my co-meteorologist that works the middays about it and even letting the anchors know and the managers that this was probably going to be a big night, but certainly had no standard to say, well, this is going to be bigger than this. The only benchmark that anybody ever talks about is the Xenia tornado. So, and especially in my experience, only have been here at that time, seven years. Um, I was in a sense, not prepared to expect that type of an outbreak. Yeah, and uh, you know, for the for the listeners that uh, maybe don't know about the uh, the area in Southwest Ohio, tell us about that 
area of Dayton that was hit. Uh, I remember watching it live and seeing uh, the radar signature at New New Germany, I think it was, New mm -hmm. Germany. Yeah, Germantown. And, think, and thinking, wow, like that looks like it could be like a yeah. like crazy, crazy tornado. What what kind of area was this going through? Like, is this rural, urban? How, no. how was it broken down? So Germantown is in our main county. So that's the same county that the city of Dayton is located in. So that's where our highest population is um, just outside of the city. It didn't hit downtown where the buildings are, but you only go up one or two exits. And this is where that tornado came through. It also went through an area that um, is w where people don't have necessarily a lot of money. And so the destruction pretty much just took out everything that they have ever owned, uh, living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, Old North Dayton, uh, there was one grocery store there that everybody used, and that grocery store was gone and is still gone to this day. And people had to find ways to get to other grocery stores, and a lot of people there lost their cars damaged, couldn't afford to get new cars. So it was really a, a devastating impact that in particular, the EF4 tornado. And I, there were 14 others that touched down uh, that night. And at one time when that tornado was happening, there was, I looked at the timestamp of all the other tornadoes, there was likely five tornadoes down on the ground at the same time. So, so one, one of the, oh, I just, one follow-up question. In the, the amazing part of that story is that there was only one fatality from the whole event mm -hmm. and it happened that night in the dark yeah so uh, you know there was must have been a component of your coverage and other news stations obviously um in keeping people safe and, and knowing what was going on what feedback have you had over the last couple of years sort of talking about that and your input and your contribution to people's safety um, they said that it was uh, the feedback that I've received personally about what I did that night is they said the tone in my voice was what made them take it seriously, that they knew that this was different from any other night. Um, if you had watched the coverage live, then you saw there was a moment in time where I actually broke down and um, started to cry for a couple of seconds. And they went to the anchor because I needed a moment to compose myself because as meteorologists, we know the type of destruction that's happening, especially with our new radar technology and the fact that we can see when debris signatures are happening. And I know the communities in the cities. So when you have a debris signature that's moving through a highly populated area and, you know, an area where people don't have a lot of money and may not have the resources, it was a lot to kind of take all in at the same time. But at the same time, when people saw the emotion that I had, it made them act. Um, and that was on top of getting those warnings to them, you know, uh, technology as far as our cell phones being able to get the warnings um, also gave them all a heads up that it was time to pay attention. McCall, I love that you just admitted that, you know, breaking down and it's so hard to compose yourself when you're on camera. Um, I covered the April 27th, 2011 tornado outbreak mm -hmm. in Tupelo, Mississippi. And like the same as you, we had three EF5 tornadoes go through our viewing area, which is unprecedented, right? You wouldn't right. expect that. And like, I remember that same thing. People would say the tone in my voice, like I've never been so serious before and right. like trying to hold back tears. And so it's hard 
when you know that community so well and you know what's about to happen and you just pray that everyone, you know, takes shelter. So um, I love you for being real about that because that's one of the biggest things I think, you know, as an on-camera meteorologist, I mean, you have to keep your composure yet you know things can be so devastating. Um, how long were you live on air during that entire event? So I started, it was right around nine o'clock. I think it was like 9.02. We had our first uh, tornado warning and I didn't go off of television, I think until either 12.30 or 1 a.m. Wow. Yeah. So did you have like your other meteorologists, your team, they're supporting you? How did that work? So um, meteorologist Dante Jones, who was there earlier in the afternoon that I was speaking of before and talking about how I was seeing the severity increasing, he had uh, gone home and was kind of watching from home. But where his home was, was where these damaging tornadoes were coming in. And so there was a safety factor that he needed to stay where he was until he could come and help. The other two meteorologists, they work the morning shift. So they were sleeping. Now, Kirsty Zantini that works the morning shift, she told me earlier in the day, she said, listen, I'm going to set my alarm for 11 o'clock and I'm going to get up and see what's happening. So because we have this if there's severe weather overnight, um, I'll stay until she gets here. So there's a nice handoff and we're not missing any warnings and things like that. So she was going to get up extra early just to see what was going on. And she said that she woke up and couldn't believe her eyes that all of these tornadoes were everywhere. And same with the um, our fourth meteorologist, his fiance, like woke him up because mm-hmm. they stayed up all day. It was Memorial Day. So they tried to enjoy the day a little bit. And so they were zonked out and completely unaware as to the chaos that was taking place. Wow. Well, that I'll tell you what, we, you know, here's something that's very important because all of these warnings uh, from the National Weather Service, um, one of the things that helps them uh, create that and produce that and know in advance what the conditions are going to be like is having a weather station. Right, and, and I'll tell you what, guys, this Tempest Weather Station, it's a revolutionary personal weather system. It's brought to you by the folks at Weatherflow. Visit weatherflow.com. You can learn some more. But it's this meticulously designed personal weather system that delivers unbelievable accuracy. It's, it's got weather observations that stream instantly from this solar-powered uh, wireless Tempest station that you have outside, and it goes through Weatherflow's data center, And it's used to help provide a guaranteed better forecast for your exact location. And here's the key is that data is collected uh, and is shared with the National Weather Service. And that contributes to a more accurate general forecast, helps us predict and prepare for extreme weather. So uh, it reports more than a dozen weather parameters. Uh, It covers your temperature, solar radiation, and UV. So you have a little idea before you go out for the day or your kids go out for the day uh, what the UV uh, radiation is going to be like. Humidity, barometric pressure, wind speed, direction, lightning strikes, rainfall, and more. But what's cool about this is it has no moving parts, guys. So this is a weather station that has an anemometer, but it's not your typical spinning uh, anemometer that obviously over time it's going to wear out. Uh, It's a sonically... Uh, created, uh, it, it measures the wind 
sonically through this device, which is amazing. And the rain, so we talked about rainfall. So a lot of weather stations, it measures rainfall through like a cup in, in the weather station itself and then measures the rain going through it. Uh, and sometimes some weather stations, you have to empty them. This measures rainfall haptically. So as the raindrops tap on the top of this weather station, as it taps, it measures the rainfall by the number of taps on the weather station, which is pretty cool, right? Um, so because of that, it's got z almost zero maintenance because there's not all these moving parts. Uh, it's got a personal weather web page, and it gives you a direct link to Weather Underground. So it sends all of your data to Weather Underground as well. So people, your neighbors that maybe don't have a weather station, you can tell them, hey, go to Weather Underground, look at this location, and you'll know exactly what's going on here at our location. So you can, uh, you can share all that, um, and it's also got a link uh, to dozens of smart home apps and integrations. That's the new thing right now, right, is your Google, your Siri, your uh, whatever it is, so you can integrate your weather station, all that stuff. Uh, or you can even build your own app. There's a lot of weather geeks I know that listen to us uh, that you guys love creating your own uh, apps and you just need an API and the Tempest provide one, uh, provides one for you. So here's the key. You can get $30 off the Tempest, uh, this brand new system, with coupon code STORMFRONT when you go to weatherflow.com. So just go to weatherflow.com, and when you purchase a Tempest uh, weather station, uh, just use Stormfront, you get another 30 bucks off that. So uh, it's gonna be, uh, it's time for a break. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna basically go to another tracker chat for you uh, where they're discussing storm photography. And of course, we'll be right back with more from McCall, so stay tuned. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. Welcome to Tracker Chat. My name is Jeremy Heyman, and I'm joined by my chase partners, Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. Today, we're going to be talking about storm photography, and I'm going to pitch it over to Gabe. Why don't you kick us off? What What is your um, storm photography hot tip? Um, so I have focused mainly on uh, filming for the past several years because that is what I did as a career. But once I got my GH5, I started really enjoying photography. And I think still images, they can almost uh, sometimes tell a more powerful story than film. And so I think for me, it's been a, a recent transition into photography. And the biggest thing in getting into it that I found was super useful was uh, shooting all of my photos in RAW. Um, I don't even know why I tried to do a compressed format before. Amen. Um, <laughs> I did, yeah, I would save it as a JPEG, and I just, the JPEGs just were not that great. So if you shoot something that's overexposed, if you're shooting in a compressed format, it, it's overexposed and that's it. With raw images, you can actually dial it down, uh, dial it back some, because it maintains all that information. Um, and then the other big thing is wide-angle lenses are 
fantastic for storm photography because you got to remember you're shooting this massive thing that's taller than Mount Everest. So you want to have something that can capture all of that. Obviously, you're going to want to have variations too where you can zoom into the cloud base. But a wide angle lens is a really important piece of glass that I own. Awesome. Thanks. Great tips there. Jeff, what do you got? Uh, What are your best photography practices? I was just looking through footage last night of Dodge City, Kansas, 2016, I believe, um, the big tornado outbreak. And I have like five pictures and I have an hour and a half of footage on video, but five pictures from my DSLR. Very depressing because I was looking to edit some things in RAW and I was unable to because I have nothing taken. So um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is that you need to make sure you have a sustainable video option going on to free you up to take those photos. Because the reason you're going to forget to take the photos is typically because you're thinking, I need to capture this this tornado. It may not be down for more than a minute. It may be down for, who knows, 30 minutes. I have no idea, but I need to make sure video first. And what happens is we put all, all our efforts into video and we forget about these pictures. And just as Gabe said, Pictures tell a story that's sometimes more profound and more intense. And if you have a camera and you're you're taking these pictures, take a lot. Like there's no need to take like seven or eight and see what the best ones are. Take 200 for crying out loud because you're going to go through all of those. And then you're going to find that one picture that seemed to catch everything in detail a little bit more than the others. And, and you're going to grab a hold of that. You're trying to communicate to others Here's what I saw. Here's what I felt. Here's what took place. And and so take as many in a good way that you possibly can. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Great advice. Awesome. Well, uh, mine, uh, my piece of advice, I really like the saying. It's it's kind of a cliche saying, but the saying that like the best camera to have is is the one that you have on you at the time. And so all of us are like ninety nine point nine percent of us have smartphones. Um, and so. If that's what you've got, make that work. Uh, there's lots of ways to make that look good. Most smartphones nowadays have some sort of focus and even exposure. Like you can turn up and down the exposure. Use that to your advantage. Really kind yeah. of play with that. Um, very often bringing the exposure down on a smartphone to shoot natural light is a really good idea. It brings out a lot of contrast and detail. Yeah, try to take the best photos you can uh, with that. But um, do you guys have any tips for for shooting on a smartphone? The biggest thing is just adjusting, manually adjusting your exposure. And usually if you are underexposed slightly, that's 100 times better than being overexposed. Um, Because once you're overexposed, everything that's in those whites is information that's gone. And I would say too, and this goes for iPhones and professional DSLRs if you can add a human element to your pictures you're mm-hmm. gonna your photos are gonna stand out about above everyone else's because yes. it, mm-hmm. it brings in a motive state to your image that people can connect with not just storm chasers storm chasers if you take a picture of a cloud they're gonna ogle at your photo no matter what but if you really want to broaden your audience you need to start including people or other elements in the foreground that give perspective, that tie in a human element of some sort, because that's really where people will be able to connect with your photos. 
Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for a great conversation today on photography best practices when shooting storms with the tornado trackers. This has been Tracker Chat. See you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're with McCall Vrydags. And, and so, McCall, you, you talked a little bit about that night, Memorial Day uh, 2019 uh, in Dayton. And it's, it's interesting, Greg and I, before the show started, we were talking about we were down in Kansas uh, chasing the, yeah, that Linwood Lawrence, Kansas uh, EF4 that was down there. And I was telling them, you know, because I'm from Cincinnati, right? And all, all my friends that know I storm chase we're like, dude, we had st- like big tornadoes right in your backyard. Where were you? You know, and, and the point was, is these were at night. I mean, mm-hmm. this was EF4 level tornadoes at night. And so this is always interesting to me for someone like you that's really kind of going through this kind of for the first time, right? A, a major tornado outbreak like this where you're going wire to wire late at night covering these deadly tornadoes that you know are, are destroying property and, and people's lives. You talked about going into the evening, you kind of saw the signs that were pointing towards uh, something serious uh, potentially happening. I want to get just a, a feeling for what you were going through that evening and walk us through kind of what things you remember specifically about that night being on air and even when maybe the times you might have gone off air what were the things you really remember about that evening and that's actually a really good question because i think if anybody goes through a traumatizing experience your memory doesn't want you to remember sometimes so um and i know i haven't gone back a lot to look at the coverage but the things that i remember is uh, as i was coming out of the six o'clock newscast i saw that you know our conditions in the area were favorable for tornadic activity. But at that time, we didn't even have a tornado watch. Uh, Shortly thereafter, I remember that the SPC increased our risk. We then eventually got a tornado watch in the Miami Valley. And then um, as we were getting into that eight o'clock time frame, I saw there were just a couple of tornadoes. There was not an outbreak in Indiana, but a couple of tornadoes to our west. And I knew the environment in place. So I was confident that we were going to have a tornado warning, a couple of tornadoes moving into the area. So I remember telling our anchor, who always teams up when we have severe weather and especially tornadic coverage, that she needed to be back in the building if she was going to take a dinner break by nine o'clock. That was when I figured we were going to see this stuff happening. And it was about 9.02-ish that we got our first tornado warning, which was also with a severe thunderstorm warning. It actually split the county of uh, Wayne County, I believe. And that was our first storm that shared some rotation. It moved into Dark County. And immediately when it came in, it got its tornado warning with it. So as I was looking at that, I remember getting a comment on social media because I was looking at that as well as to what was happening. And someone asked what's going on in Mercer County because there was a tornado warned storm outside of Mercer County in the northern Miami Valley that had expired and the Weather Service did not reissue a warning as it was coming into the county. So I went and I looked up that way. I didn't see much circulation there. So then I went back down to the tornado warned storm in Dark County. And then a minute or two later, 
the circulation up in Mercer County blew up and it quickly created a debris signature, went right through these homes that we would eventually find out the next day was where our one fatality was. There was an elderly man that was asleep in his bed. He um, had hearing aids, but they were not in and was completely unaware that there was what would then be determined an EF3 tornado barreling down on Salina. So then I'm tracking two tornado warnings. You have the one in Dark County and one up in Mercer County. And then several more circulations start to evolve. We had a few more in the Northern Miami Valley. One um, started to move into Mercer, uh, not Mercer County, um, West Milton and Laura. Those showed debris signatures. And at that point I was like, oh my goodness, we have three confirmed tornadoes. You know, I know that they've touched down. This is already way more than we've, you know, typically have in a year in a, in a storm system. And, and you you saw those debris signatures. So you know it was hitting something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because debris signatures, if you know radar and what, what debris signatures are, that's picking up non-meteorological items. So this is going to be trees, houses, things that are not rain or hail. And to be clearly seen on radar is an indication that it's a pretty significant tornado that's uh, touched down. That was when I got emotional. And then shortly thereafter, the big EF4 tornado developed in northwestern Montgomery County, which is our main county. And the way that the setup was, um, there was a warm front that was draped pretty much from the northwest to the southeast. So that tornado rode the boundary and was a right-moving tornado, which was even more scary because if you know anything about tornadoes, the anything that's turning to the right, people are just not expecting it to go in that direction. And um, I also realized where our location was in the studio. And while I'm trying to deal with all of that, um, I'm thinking, am I going to have to send everybody in this station to their safe spot. And what am I going to do? I'd never really thought about, you, you think about it, but you never really think, oh, am I going to have to make a life or death type of situation? So that's kind of something that's, you know, in the back of my mind. And then, um, you know, continuing to track it. And then we got the considerable tag from the weather service at about 10.50. And then at about 10.54.55, the tornado emergency got issued. And that it just now gave me chills because everybody um, that knows what a tornado emergency is or has ever had to say on air that there's a tornado emergency, you know, like at that moment, I'm like, people are dead. We're going to wake up tomorrow and we're going to have dozens of people killed and, you know, I don't know how many injured and it's moving through this uh, area. And so then that tornado, we tracked that through Dayton. There, mind you, there are also other tornado warnings happening. And, and so then I'm having to, at times, break away from this incredible tornado to try and also inform people elsewhere that there's other tornadoes out there. And just how do I let people know what's happening? And that tornado moved through and redeveloped in Beaver Creek. When it picked up, it redeveloped and coming right behind it, pretty much riding the same path was another tornado. And, and this went on for hours and hours. And I just remember looking down at the clock and just saying, is this ever going to end? Like, are these ever going to stop? And eventually they did. And, um, you know, I've felt very overwhelmed. 
um, kind of numb from that experience. I remember I could barely sleep that night. I got home probably around two in the morning and woke up at five because I couldn't really sleep and um, just was waiting for the body count to come in and was happy to hear that it wasn't as deadly um, as it was. And then um, went down to Old North Dayton to see what it looked like. And I could not believe what I was seeing. Um, and the weirdest thing about it, and I talked about it with my coworkers, that y- you drive like 10 minutes away and it's as if nothing happened and people are just living their life. Wow. And then you go into these tornado damaged areas and it like it looked like a bomb went off. McCall, do you have a sense of how fast the tornadoes were moving ground speed? Oh, they were slow. If I remember, they were moving at like 35 or 40 miles per hour. They were so slow and they were just like, just, I I, I don't know, buzzsawing everything as it was going through. Um, Well, you're like a true hero. I hope you remember that. (laughs) People tell me that, but I don't, I, the only thing that I can equate it to, and it honestly is not at the same level is like a firefighter or a police officer that. The building is burning and the fireman is running in and they're not thinking about being a hero. It's just what they do. And what I do is what I did that night. I didn't put myself in any danger like firemen and police officers do, but that was what I was trained to do. And so when people say that I'm a hero, it's like, well, that was my job. That's what I was supposed to do. But I, I appreciate it. And I can't tell you how many people I've met that have just like just yesterday, I went to a habitat um, uh, groundbreaking, and I met a person there, and they they just started crying, and they gave me a hug. You know, even though it's COVID, it's it, you just have to embrace in that moment. Yeah. Oh my gosh, McCall! Like oh. seriously, you you really did save so many lives, and it takes like you know not every meteorologist can do what you did. You know, saving those lives and being on camera for that long and doing that. So you should know that you're an amazing person. Um, and with that said, I, I kind of want to transition to the flooding event that you had as well, mm-hmm. or the 100 year flood event. <laughs> I want to know like the predictability of something like that. Did you guys think that was going to happen? Did the national weather service predict those, you know, rain amounts? Like what mm-hmm. exactly happened with that? As well? It's funny that you, you, you know, bring that one up too, because it was another warm frontal event and we just had a warm front that just basically became an occluded front. It was a stationary front, should I say, was going nowhere. And we just had storm after storm after storm. Our precipitable water amounts were crazy. Like we knew that there was like a flooding threat, obviously, um, but not like that. (laughs) And this, where this rain set up hit a creek bed that was on the point of I-70 highway that is like one of its lowest points. And so the creek bed itself just overflowed and just backed up and (laughs) just the whole highway was underwater. It was insane. But again, you go 15 miles east or west and the amount of rain that fell there was nothing like what would happen in that localized area. And that's why, you know, we talk about as meteorologists, flash flooding is so dangerous and it's so hyper local and that you need to take it seriously. Hey, that is the sound, McCall. It is time for our lightning round. Okay. So, so this is our game show of of what we call uh, what do we call it? 
brilliant. Fun, brilliant. Like flashy, brilliant. Flashy. Brilliant. Word. Flashy, flashy and brilliant. Questions, right? Yep. Flashy yeah. and brilliant. Those are the two words I was looking for. Questions. <laughs> we, so here's the key. We invite everybody to play along with us. Uh, if you're watching live, you can you can also uh, chime in on the chat. But we're, we're going to play a fun one. This is one of my favorites tonight. We're going to play a little uh, weather match game. So... So here's what's great about match games. So we've we've got our, our freaks. They are our kind of pseudo celebrity panelists, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you you McCall, you are our contestant. And so I'm gonna read a statement, and there's gonna be a blank in the statement, and you're gonna come up with something to fill that blank with, right? An answer. Okay. Your goal is to try and match as many of the freaks as possible with your answer. Does that okay. make sense? Are you familiar sense. with match game? You know that game? Yes, but I'm going to say there's a disadvantage here because usually in match game, you somewhat know the people a little bit more to try and guess what they're going to say. Yeah, well, you got real celebrities, and we just, don't have real celebrities. Just, that's just that's the difference. Paul, just think of the dumbest stuff you can think of. <laughs> that's what we'll yeah. do. <laughs> All right, so here's the first one, uh, ladies and gentlemen. When I told my grandma I was getting a degree in climatology... She thought I was going to be a professional blank. <laughs> so when I told my grandma I was getting a degree in climatology, she thought I was going to be a professional blank. So McCall, you fill in the blank. Your goal is to try and match as many of the freaks as possible. Oh my gosh. I'll give you a few minutes to, to think of your answer. Let freaks, you got to write yours down. You know, I'm trying to... Okay. You know when All right, like everybody about ready? One answer pops in your head and you just can't think of any others and you're just All like, right. Well, sometimes that's the right one. So so when my when I told my grandma I was going to get a degree in climatology, she thought I was going to be a professional McCall what? Professional what? Nail tech. Nail tech. Good old climatology. Now, Greg, Greg, we're not ready for your answer yet. That's not how the game works. Hold tight. Hold tight. Bring your horse back a little bit, buddy. All right, so nail tech uh, is what we're going with. So let's see what our our pseudo celebrity said. So Greg, I'll start with you since uh, you're so energetic. What did you say? I have no uh, idea what that. What, I can't read it. What'd you say? I said nail tech. What? Oh, yeah, you're right. Wow, hey, nail tech. There we go. Okay, yeah, yeah there we go. I see it. it. Pull it back a little bit. I All right, see nail tech. So we got one. All right, MJ, you're up. What, what'd you say? I said rock climber. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Not bad, not bad. All right, uh, Jen, Jen, with the professional setup there, we can barely hear you, but we'll let's say say what's your what's your answer? So I'm thinking Grandma is just kind of just out of it completely, a professional dancer. Dancer, Dancer. woo! Yeah, but that doesn't match. Good, good answer, but doesn't match. All right, Serena, what'd you have? I said professional sex therapist. <laughs> I just learned a lot about Serena. That's the climatology <laughs> I want to get into. Yeah. That's good. All right, Brady, what did you have? I said I an AC maintenance person. And there's <laughs> very cold. All right. All right. Well, so McCall, you got one. You got one. All right. So here we go. Last one. Uh, during a live broadcast of tornado worn storms, the meteorologist was sharing pictures of damage sent to her phone from viewers when all of a sudden she accidentally displayed a picture of blank. Oh, no. So this is a live broadcast, right? You've been there, McCall. 
Mm-hmm. Tornado warned storms, and the meteorologists, they were sharing pictures of damage that were sent to their phone from viewers, when all of a sudden, she accidentally displayed a picture of blank. So you think of your answer, freaks. Give you a couple seconds here to write yours down. See, I'm thinking about sex now. From- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my head is in the worst position ever right now. How these games go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Freaks, you ready? So we got this. All right, McCall. So uh, live broadcast tornado warned storms, and, and this particular meteorologist was sharing pictures of damage that was sent to their phone. And all of a sudden, she accidentally displayed a picture of blank. What did she display a picture of? My husband in his undies. <laughs> the husband in the underwear. The good old husband. Now, I don't know how many people have pictures of their husbands in their underwear, but uh, I'm sure that's out there. So I'm going to start Brady with you, see if we can match. What did she have pictures of that she all of a sudden showed? Well, I can tell you we're not going to match. Foot warts. Oh. Foot warts. <laughs> I feel like it's less like Yeah, who's got pictures of their foot really? yeah. warts? That's, I don't, that's why I said it. That's why I All said right. it. I don't know. All right, Serena, what would you have? They have pictures of what? I just said their child. I wanted to not uh, be yeah. R rated. Oh. So, so were you the one with the sex therapist and then you go to the safe yeah, child yeah. answer? That's wow. It's, it's called balance. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Is that what you call that? Okay. All right, uh, Jen. What, what did she show pictures? <laughs> Boobs! <laughs> oh, no. man. Not quite a match. <laughs> she had pictures of her boobs. All right, yeah. MJ. I'm going with Serena. I had her kid. Her kid. Yeah, see, I should have done it. All right. That was my second thought. Not, not a match. All right, Greg, you're our last saving grace. I think McCall and I are on the same page tonight because <laughs> I didn't quite get it right, but I've got uh, full moon but I have a little winky face. <laughs> Full moon. Oh, yes. All right, we'll call that a match. That is definitely a match. Good job. Uh, so anyway, congratulations, McCall. Good job. Good Thank job. You. Thanks for playing, if nothing else. So, so do this. So first off, tell our listeners how they can find you on social media, but you've got your own podcast. So just talk yes. a little bit about the podcast and, and what that's all about. So my podcast is Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. I co-host with my um, co-worker, meteorologist Kirstie Zantini, and we talk about all things weather. It's uh, usually a bi-monthly podcast that we do. She was just on maternity leave, so now we're going to get our episodes back up and running. Um, And so we we talk about all types of sciences and weather. And so go check it out. It's on wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, And then as far as finding me on social media, I have a Facebook account, a Twitter account, and Instagram, and I'm active on all three of them. And uh, if you can spell Vrydags, then you'll be able to find me. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, we'll put it in our show notes so people can can, uh, get a direct link to you that way. So I'll tell you what, hey, they're back to their original name, everybody, and uh, and they're full of great gear for the weather geek. If you go to helicity.co, They've got a huge selection of weather-themed merchandise, including Stormfront Freaks shirts, beverage containers, and stickers. So go to helicity.co, just click on the Brands tab, and you'll find all those great Stormfront Freaks favorites. Hey, it's time for our final break. Uh, We're going to be coming back with hashtag weatherfools. Uh, WX Resources, and we're going to get a visit from WeatherTrollBot5000. So you got to stay tuned.
Hi there, I'm Mace Michaels, Minnesota Twins meteorologist, and you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. You're hearing this sound? You guys know what time it is. It's time for Weather Fools, where us, if for those of you that, if you're first time on the show, or you just, you know, a little forgetful and forgot what Weather Fools is, Weather Fools is us as the freaks. We're going on on the internet. You know, like Phil Lecter says, the dark web, Twitter, anything that we can that we can find a video or some sort of situation that we can show you where it's someone doing something that's not so smart and it deals with the weather. Greg, who is your weather fool this week? <laughs> this one's pretty great. Uh, I, I'm assuming this is somewhere, you know, I'm going to say like in Russia. or Oh, it says Siberia right there. On the, <laughs> it's so always Siberia. Russia. <laughs> yeah, it's, it always is. Yeah. That's my uh, go-to. Okay. So here you're going to see it looks like a some sort of giant truck, like a military vehicle. And as I play this, he's driving across the ice. Now, clearly somebody knows something's about to happen because they're filming a truck just driving down <laughs> the ice road. And uh, so let's put this into motion, and you're going to watch. Oh, there he had oh, a little guy. Oh, no. Now, the best part of this is now that the it's truck's halfway boat. submerged, the guys oh, get God. out, and they're trying to rescue their stuff. Now, watch Whoa. the driver here. Jeez. As the truck disappears, he's like, damn it. <laughs> that oh, truck disappears so fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's gone. He's going to throw a rock at it. Like, rock the truck. Oh, I God. couldn't believe how fast that went in and under. And But, I mean, like, what are you doing driing a truck this time of no, year over gee, top of the ice road? Too. I don't well, know. Like a, well, it's not like a river. That's a lake, you know? Well, And, and it was so stupid to get, like, someone was videoing it, so they knew something bad was going to happen, and then it just <laughs> is, oh, it just did, so. So, so here's the question. Was it like a beat-up Russian truck that they were going to do this on purpose for, and they're like, hey, let's get some views? That, I, I mean, know, this man. looks you're a little planned, your, maybe. You're taking your life in your hands, though. This I mean, is, yeah. that's true. That's, that's know, a good that's point. Still foolish, no matter yeah. how you do it. That's Plus, there was such a genuine point. reaction. Like he is, you can visibly tell he is very upset when he gets out of that truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's shaking real. his fist. I, I think they weren't standing on that happening. <laughs> I like how Garrett happy. says, "Ice road truckers, comrade edition." <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's wow. good. Well, that. that's, that's a pretty great one, Greg. I think that definitely qualifies as a weather fool. Let's go over to Phil. Phil, who is your weather fool this week? All right. So good old James Band. Uh, he's always good to go to for uh, some good weather fool Twitter shares. Uh, and this is no different. Uh, so this was uh, James Spann and a severe thunderstorm at Pensacola Beach on his Twitter account. And so watch this video. So I've got to imagine this looks like probably like a hotel, you know, with, with the automatic sliding doors. And so there's this thunderstorm happening, and there's two guys trying to hold the two doors shut so they don't automatically open. And you can see the, the water and the rain and everything outside oh, just Lord. going sideways with but the heavy winds. A hurricane. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, guys, they're standing right next to these windows, <laughs> these massive windows during this heavy storm and they they pull away so now they're not holding the doors and all of a sudden the doors start to open open. because of the movement they're like oh my god we got to shut these doors wow but the point is is like that's the last place you want to be during heavy winds 
is trying to hold glass doors shut. Like I'm, I'm not volunteering for that position. Just go seek shelter. That's maybe the best option. I love that they still have their masks on, though. <laughs> oh, so yeah. they won't get glass in their mouth. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. You can tell when they let go right here. They were just like, right, let's see what happens. And they were just testing. They just wanted something crazy to happen. But There's locks on those. You could lock them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, that, that definitely qualifies as a weather fulfill as well. Glad that you know none of them got hurt. Um because that just wasn't very smart. All right, uh, Jen, who is your weather fool this week? This is from the same storm in Pensacola, actually. But this is another stupid person. So watching this right now, they are outside on their porch. And when if you watch Phil's video and then watch this one that I'm showing, like that wind, that severe wind. I mean, even if it's not a tornado warning, but a severe thunderstorm warning, you still need to get inside because what you see, that's a transformer. I was just going to say, that looks like yeah. a transformer exploding. Yeah, it wow. is. Jeez. It is. And severe wind. It doesn't take a tornado to cause a transformer to explode. So, and damage and anything else. So, this person was not very smart, like literally outside filming this. They're not even but, behind them. But, Jen, can we be honest? Yeah. We would all be doing the exact same thing. <laughs> this is we are true. All this is true. This is what not to do. Like, hey, I'll I'll just say this: like those of you living in Pensacola, not looking so good right now. No, here on Stormfront Freaks, <laughs> no. the uh, combined IQ of uh, weather <laughs> IQ of people in Pensacola. Oh, and they got man. some good um, storms in Florida this week because this is another one from Florida. Um, this is from Springs, Florida. And this is hailstorm. And you can see they've got like a screened in porch. Their pool is screened in. And all the hail is bouncing off, which is kind of fun to see. But it's not the smartest place to be, especially. Yeah, let's stand under it. Yeah, and standing underneath it. Like, you don't know if that's going to break through. It's going to hit you on the head. Or if there's a lightning strike, like. I'm terrified of lightning and that you, during a hailstorm or any kind of thunderstorm, get inside and it's, yeah. if it's severe, like get in a safe place. Don't yeah, get, I, I don't think that screen is lightning proof. I will just say that. I don't, I don't think lightning's be like, Nope, not going through the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's what so, Mr. Lightning said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going through that screen. screen. That's like a Muppet. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, Jen, I, I can't say that I, I probably be doing the same thing, but let's 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 be real. I'm I'm a fool sometimes too. So that was a pretty great weather fool. Uh, I'll I'll wrap us up here. Uh, so this was from uh, March 29th, and this was actually tweeted out by Sports Center, um, which it's not very often you get Sports Center tweeting out weather things. Um, but this was a TikTok, and I'll just expand this full screen here. Uh, and, and these guys were at Top Golf, and you can see bucket list idea. Go to Top Golf during a tornado. I'm not exactly sure where this was, but the video is basically them going and, and playing Top Golf, and you can see the wind is really picking up, and you know they're just hitting golf balls like nothing's going on, and then you start to see some like debris and dust. Yes. It looks like the tornado's like right on them, and they're and just then like, the lightning strike comes though. Yeah, yeah, right away. yeah, and they're just playing, and then this giant lightning strike comes, and it's just oh, and it says yeah, yeah no, there's a lightning strike. Yes. Also, yeah. ug- ugly swing by that guy, too. Yeah, <laughs> not a great swing. Yeah. Not a great swing, but I'll say this. If, if there's a tornado, don't go to Top Golf and don't, you know, probably go inside. You know? Yeah, that's like so, a lightning so, rod. So, Brady, Brady, here's the thing. So, you've been to Top Golf a few times because you yes. introduced some of us to Top Golf in Oklahoma City when we were together. 
Uh, I had a question, and I, I can't remember who it was from. Might have might have even been uh, one of our Patreon members, Curtis. But they asked, so where where do you go? Like in in a severe storm or tornado warning, where in Top Golf do you think you go for uh, shelter? Uh, you know, Bar. I'm gonna be honest. It's pretty open. Most of the Top Golfs I'm into are very open. I, I mean. Maybe the bathroom. There's got to be a bathroom on the the lower floor. That's about it. You know, they don't really have that many enclosed spaces. So where where do all those balls go? Can you go like underneath? Yeah, like, underneath. Where all those yeah, balls yeah, go? You could go under. Yeah, there there is some. I don't know if everyone would fit, but <laughs> squeeze them in there. Yeah. MJ, I think we just found the title of this week's episode. <laughs> where do the balls? Go? Yeah. <laughs> So, Hello. hey, so you can find all that on uh, episode 129, episode 129 wow. uh, in our show notes. Yeah, I didn't share that with you, Brady. Sorry. Um, but yeah, episode 129. And a lot of times if you're listening to us on your smartphone, uh, the show notes will usually be right there on your smartphone in whatever app you're listening to us on. You can find all those videos. So. It's been a minute since I've heard this song. All right, Griggles. Right on, man. This is this is time for weather resources. This is where the freaks share with you some of our favorite weather resources, weather websites, apps, uh, tools, anything that we think is going to help you in your journey with weather and so um let's start off with uh mj you had a did you have a weather resource no you didn't have a weather resource uh i i uh i totally blew that i'm sorry mj uh hands up thank you serena let's go to serena first (laughs) weather resources sure why not so i am um posting something that one of my favorite new england meteorologists eric fisher had reposted from space weather did you know you can have naders on the sun I had Ooh. I had no idea. So if you take a look at, at this little image here, you can see at the bottom left um, these like tornadoes that are caused by magnetism. They're 10 times taller than the Earth people. Um, and so I am just such a sucker for like these types of crazy things that can happen in the universe, not just on Earth, but everywhere. I think space space weather is super cool. Um, so if you follow at space weather on Twitter, you can see some awesome things like naders on the sun. So, I mean, that's just awesome. Naders, naders on the sun. That is a great weather resource. <laughs> Phil, let's go to yours. What do you got for us? Name of a All right. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're going old school. Um, you guys and, and this, especially for Jen, remember the old, uh, Weather, weather at the eights, what they call it. Um, oh yeah, local on the eights. Local, local at the eights. Yeah. Sorry, yes. my bad. Local on the- so this is, uh, I don't know how you pronounce this. Taganet.com. T a i g a n e t. Taganet. Taganet.com. But here's what this is. What this is. This is so cool. It's an old school software that you can download. Uh, it's free, and it will run. The, the old Weather Channel Local 8s on your laptop, on your computer desktop, whether it's Windows, iOS, wow. or Linux. That's amazing. And it will, it will do it for your location. 
Uh, it'll show all the old school Weather 8 stuff. You can actually uh, design your own layouts and music playlists. So you can update your huh. own playlists nice. with it, uh, what music no you way. want. You Get can add feels. your own crawl messages wow. to the bottom, you know, so if you want to do <laughs> oh something, say something cool, happy birthday to somebody or do something like that, you can run all this on your screen. And of course, you could even share this. Like if I wanted to, I could run it right now and, and share it with you and, and you would see the old, uh, the old, uh, yeah, weather at the 8th, what, forecast, what was it again? Local on the eight. So, so old school weather channel stuff. This is pretty cool. So you got to go to T A I G A N E T.com. Phil, I'm going to go get that like right now. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> where did you get that? Where'd you find that Phil? I actually, oh the, actually we had a listener that showed us cause I'll be honest with you. There was another version that I was using. It was a little simpler. I don't remember it right now, but it was, it was a little, it didn't have as many options you could do with it. Uh, so it was pretty simple, but it did the same thing. Did the weather at the eights. You just typed in your zip code and boom, all the weather and all the forecast did the old eight bit, you know, images of everything. Uh, and we had a listener come back and say, hey, have you, you know, have you seen this one? And it, it was even more advanced. You could do more with it. You could customize it more. Uh, pretty cool. I Very love cool. it. Though. Very cool. cool. And, and, and Jen, you have a, a weather resource for us as well. I do. And I'm always thinking about teaching my daughter um, weather. Um, she's three. So this is a lot of this is over her head. I still teach her to her anyway. And actually she gets some of it. Um, I asked her the other day, why are there no clouds in the sky? She's like, because the sky is dry because a cold front had just moved through. And I was like, <laughs> We're getting there. Um, but this is um, Sijinx, um, S-C-I-J-I-N-K-S, um, dot gov. And it's great because it's an amazing resource for, I mean, you could teach your toddlers, whether like I do, or wait till they're a little bit older um, in grade school. But it goes from how does a hurricane form to rainbow clouds to what is a gust front, what is an ice jam, nor'easters. It breaks it down. And there's this whole fun crew up here um, that makes it fun for kids. They're little characters. Um, and they help explain the weather as well. Like what is precipitation? It's like a little bear in a raincoat. So, <laughs> so, so Jen, that was, uh, what was the, I'm just writing this down for my own personal use. Uh, what was the, uh, website called? It's SciJinx. So S C I and then J I N K S dot gov. Clever. .gov. Awesome. And they've got games too. So if sometimes you're still working home with your toddler child, um, you can, you know, put one of these on or have them go through some of these while you're in a meeting or, or doing some work and actually, you know, get them some fun weather education. So right on. Very, very cool. And uh, topical given the fact that there's still lots of uh, lots of the kids that are uh, being homeschooled or working from home. So that's great. Thanks, Jen. Um, MJ, my weather resource for today is I'm going to share a YouTube channel and uh, this is a, a guy uh, from Sydney, Nova Scotia, up here in Canada. Frankie, a guy Frankie. by the name that's Frankie, <laughs> guy by the name of Frankie McDonald. Now, some of you know him. If you don't follow Frankie, here's why I want to share him as a weather resource. Frankie, like all of us, is passionate about weather. He loves the weather, and it. I just so for those of you who don't know who Frankie is, he has autism. And he just loves and is passionate about 
what he does, and he gives forecasts whenever there's severe weather. And if you get a chance to just sit down and watch him, you will see pure joy talking about weather, and I think we all need that right now, and that's my weather resource. Nice. Right Craig, on. I love that you shared that with us. Like, seriously. Yeah. I love, love Frankie. Much. Yeah, Frankie's awesome. So there you go, Phil. That's our weather resources. Episode 129 show notes. We'll have all of those links available for you, and uh, you can download them and check them out. Guess what, guys? It's one of the best times of the show. It's Weather Trollbot 5000. So this is what happened. Phil went to some garage sales, and he found this, like, robot. And he was like, what is this? And uh, he's decided to keep it for himself. And it's called the Weather Trollbot 5000. And so what we do is we scour the internet and we look for the trolls, you know, that troll all the meteorologists around the world. And we're just like, okay, we check out their professional responses. But you always wonder, what were they really thinking? Mm. How did they really want to respond? And so what we do is we type those answers into Weather Trollbot 5000 and we get the true response. So it's going to happen right now, guys. So, so what's with that Damn. voice, Jen? I like it. I like it. I feel like when you introduce Weather Troll about five thousand, it should be like that. I, no, I agree. I agree. That's hilarious. All right. Well, so I, I've got perfect. I've got two. We've got two to share with you guys tonight. So here we go. The first one you're going to like this, guys. Uh, this is uh, on Twitter. It comes from the troll is Rampage. Titties Jackson. Oh God! <laughs> Rampage oh, Titties Jackson. Sounds like a good guy. Sounds yeah, like a what a way. Do I already have to bleep that out? I don't know. No, I don't think so. So this, uh, so the Twitter handles at Lamb Jacks Rage, uh, and this was this was a comment to Oklahoma City TV meteorologist Emily Sutton, and he says, "Why does Emily Sutton look like she's always dressed for prom? It's just oh. the weather, though." Right, so so apparently he thinks this she's is a always... take on the whole. You're just a weather girl. Uh, yeah, comment, seems like right? it. Right, it's just yeah, the right, weather. Yeah. Why are you dressing yeah. up? Right, yeah. in, in a prom dress. So, so um, so what we have to know is what what was Emily's professional response? Because our weather friends, they're just the nicest people in the world. They're unlike a lot of us, right? They're they're going <laughs> to respond professionally. And so here's what Emily said. Her response was, "No, if it was a prom." I'd have to bust out this gem, hashtag 2002, and she shared a photo of her no. back okay. in the day in her prom dress. Nice. Please oh, tell wow. me there were shoulder, shoulder pads. pads. Uh, oh, no, 2002. Yeah, not 2002. No, I think, I think it was bare. It might have been bare shoulders, actually. Okay, all right. In 2002. So, so she was having fun, right? Just busting right. that out. But you know when she first saw that comment, Right, we know what she was really thinking was not. Oh, I'm I'm going to be you know and share a, a share a picture of my old prom dress. So we're going to type all this into a Weather Trollbot. There we go. And 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 then Weather Trollbot's going to calculate, do some calculations. <laughs> and then it's going to Weather Trollbot kicks out what uh, what Emily was really thinking. Here is what Emily was really thinking. Hey, titties. My guess is you've never had your Napoleon Dynamite self to a prom in your life. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. It's so amazing. I love oh it. Oh my god. I love it. It's best, very good. He even quoted the best movie ever. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, okay. All right. So moving on. So here's the second one. This one actually comes from one of our Patreon members, Page B, shared this with us. Um, and the troll was Dan Lawrence on Twitter, hashtag DanLaw777. Like, we're going to throw you under the bus. And I'll share this. He actually has since deleted his tweet. But no. see, I'm smart enough to take screen shares of these things uh-huh. when I first see them, knowing that this might happen. So, Dan... Screw you, buddy. We got you. And and so he was commenting to TV meteorologist Samantha Roberts up in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, she's one of my good friends. No kidding. Well, listen to this. Listen to this. So Dan says, Sam Roberts, you are a horrible newscaster weather woman. But of all that is nowhere near as horrid as your voice on the radio. Good Lord. You must be giving something to someone to have a job. Wow. And then said, and then there is no professional response, Phil, for this. Listen, hashtag worst voice ever. Hashtag leave Cleveland. Hashtag go torture Pittsburgh. Oh, Oh, my God. So here here was Samantha's response, right? Because God knows what she might have been thinking. Trollbot hopefully will tell us. But her response was very simple. She had an asterisk and she said meteorologist. Good for her. That was it, right? Because he was like, oh, newscaster, weather woman, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she just said asterisk meteorologist. God, she must have been so pissed off. (laughs) So uh, let's go ahead and, and enter this into Trollbot. You guys ready? Yes. Well, we're ready. Very. Here's what Samantha Depends was ready. really thinking. I'm giving everyone my f-ing meteorological <laughs> talent. You turtle licking hack. Hashtag suck me. Hashtag go torture Cindy Lauper. <laughs> oh my god. Turtle licking oh hack. That was good. That was good. That was really good. I'm so mad for her. Like oh how oh. anybody could someone that way you know what we got to get turtle liquor trending (laughs) i I think we can that might be the name of the episode too turtle liquor there's there's some good turtle liquor i don't know (laughs) that's crazy but oh my gosh turtle liquor can you believe wow i cannot believe people people are horrible yeah yeah don't ever read read the youtube comments let's just say that oh comments in general typically right comments but Garrett's comment about I'll send an anonymous tip to catch a predator, Chris Hansen, on that guy. <laughs> Top notch, man. Like, yeah. High five. Right That's on. Awesome. Oh, God, drop me a line. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. All right, MJ, what do we got? All right. We got a we we got one today. So that's great. Vince. <laughs> okay. Vince checks in with us and says, if I wasn't such a cheap bleep, I'd totally pay the five dollars to watch live. Laugh, laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. We get it. Wow. You, you know, folks, it's only a latte a month to get in on the live recordings, uh, the live raw recordings. So go to patreon.com slash stormfront freaks and join us. Uh, and check in on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those places. Give us your thoughts and ideas. Uh, just search for stormfront freaks. You'll find us. Uh, and that's the freak fan box for today. Short and simple. 
Awesome. Very good. All right. Well, hey, we'll we'll take it all, even if it's uh, a cheap bleep. That that, uh, yeah, (laughs) that's all good stuff. So hey, I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. As always, everybody, thanks so much for listening or watching. Um, Before I get to the reveal of our next guest, uh, if you do like the show. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. We already talked about earlier at the top of the show, Greg was talking about El Nino's. Uh, it's funny you brought that up, Greg. Like, how long are we going to keep doing uh, El Nino's uh, before that gets old? But it's still good. It's still good. It's still got some legs to it. Uh, but what's great is when you subscribe to the Stormfront Freaks Network, you're going to get both uh, our show, Stormfront Freaks, as well as El Nino's, the Tornado Hunters podcast. So uh, make sure you do that, and you can follow the show just by clicking on your uh, podcast app. Just click the follow button or subscribe button, whatever that happens to be. And uh, it's no cost. It's free. It just guarantees you that the minute uh, we issue a new episode of Stormfront Freaks or El Nino's, you're going to get the latest uh, podcast right in your inbox. It's show up, and boom, you'll know you can uh, play a new episode. Also, uh, visit patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks. As we talked about, you can check out all these cool ways that we're coming up where you can not only support us, but we can also do more with you, uh, whether it's the live access to view and chat uh, during our raw recordings, uh, whether it's the exclusive merchandise I talked about earlier, uh, or even like Dan, if you want to join us uh, as a guest in our green room and and also uh, have a chance to ask questions and hang out with us. And I'll tell you this, coming soon, we're going to be creating a way for our members to chat storm setups with the freaks and some of our past guests. Uh, so that's just kind of a little tease of something we got coming up. But just visit patreon.com slash stormfront freaks to join the team and and as always thank you so much uh, for supporting everything we're doing it's a big help to help pay for some of the costs uh, that we have and we incur for that so uh, special thanks to our guest tonight mccall Vrydags. i uh, had a great time with mccall great stories guys what'd you think i mean that was great oh good. fantastic great guest awesome how- yeah. In depth and real she was, yeah. I might yeah, have to go I mean, back and watch the coverage, honestly. Just that that's a position that truly I would never want to be in, right? Where you're having to go wire to wire for four hours, Ugh. having to talk and come up with stuff to be saying, knowing that you know people could be getting killed and and I mean that's just not something Wild. I don't think any of us would it's want heavy. to do. So Thank God for people like uh, McCall. Our next episode, we're going to be back in two weeks recording live and raw. It's going to be on a special day for our Patreon members. Uh, We're going to be recording on Monday, April 26th. And get this, yep, we're going to be with the Tornado Hunters themselves. So Greg is going to be on the show, and he's going to be bringing with him Ricky Forbes, Chris Chittick uh, from the TV series. He's going to be bringing them onto the show as well. Uh, so we get a chance to talk to those guys uh, and talk more storms, more tornadoes, all that cool stuff. So in any uh, any advance uh, tips or or teasers, Greg, that you might want to share with us? What yeah, just expect? Uh, yeah, just uh, maybe <laughs> that won't maybe... actually make people want to listen. <laughs> yeah, just maybe maybe don't have your kids um, <laughs> around for that one. I'm just saying it just tends to deteriorate uh, very gonna, quickly. It's going to be hard for me. I'll bring uh, the hard clicker to that one. Put MJ to work. Put MJ to you work. Know, Greg, it's like the uh, 10-year anniversary of the super tornado outbreak of 2011. I it, know. Like yeah. literally wow. 10 years. Yeah, we're yes. coming up We're coming up on it in just a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, right, like the 26th It'll was that the day. 26th, 26, 27th was the yeah. Was, yeah. 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 It's that yeah. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, for MJ, for Serena, Brady, Greg, and Jen, uh, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, guys. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.